Welcome to the PG Growth Planned Giving Podcast. Welcome to the PG Growth Plan Giving Podcast. I'm Ed Sluga. Over the years in my consulting practice, I've come across a lot of organizations that will talk to me about the fact that they wish to run a plan giving program. They see the value in running a plan giving program and the opportunity of running a plan giving program, but they feel it's too complicated. There's some impediment, some barrier to them actually starting a program. I had a chance to sit down with Ken Ramsey recently so that we could talk a little bit about our experiences with individuals and organizations that find this problem. The one is that they wish to run a program, but they simply feel as though it is too complicated or beyond their means. So Ken and I talked about this with some great insights and some great stories by Ken around the notion of it and how to get over that feeling that plan giving is too complicated for your organization. So please have a listen and perhaps some of these strategies and thoughts and experiences can be helpful to you. You know, Ken, a lot of times when I'm talking to individuals about plan giving, they say it's too complicated. They say that they don't have the resources or they don't, you know, that their donor base, their organization, their skill set is not right for running a plan giving program. A lot of times they're finding objections to running plan giving programs. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned over the years, and I think you have as well, is that anyone essentially can run a plan giving program if they really are focused and committed to their donor base. I'm just wondering your thoughts about that notion of those objections and that problem that people see in running a plan giving program. Yeah, that's a good question. I, 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 think, I think you're right in that from the outside, it, it can look complicated. And we, we quite often talk about, of course, all the steps in doing a, a, a complete, robust program. Um, and I think it's like the forest and the trees thing. You're looking at a big forest there, and you don't see the individual tree. So I, you, can, you can actually make it so simple <laughs> that, uh, that it's almost... It's almost unbelievable. And, I, you know, I, I want to tell a story. It brings to mind something. I, I did this marketing plan for a, a chronic care hospital in Ontario a long time ago, 15 years ago. And I did the marketing plan. And part of that marketing plan is, is really to, to, to sort of look at the most likely prospects. And those are the people closest to you. So board members, large donors are always the closest to you and, and the highest in plan gift propensity. And they had this, they'd hired this woman to do, uh, to do plan giving. And she was the former chair of the board. So in a way, so she was totally the wrong person. And in some ways she was the totally best person. So I did the plan. I said, okay, in year one, 
what you're going to do is not spend any money. What you're going to do is just go and talk to those people closest to you and ask for a plan gift. And because she didn't know any better or worse, she did as I told told her to do. So I did a little training with her and she went off and she, she spent the year going to these people that we pointed out from her, from her database. And towards the end of the year, I phoned her and I said, I said, you know, we're talking. I said, oh, by the way, how many gift expectancies do you have? Because that's the classic measurement of a plan giving program. And she said, Ken, I, I, didn't, I haven't done very well. I said, okay, tell me what not very well means to you. Yeah. And she said, well, I only have 46 gift commitments. <laughs> and I said, I mentioned her name, and I said, you've probably secured more gift expectancies than any other gift planner in Canada. Yes. Right? Yes. So here was a classic case of keeping it really simple. Yes. And it's that simple. And there's millions of dollars in these gifts that she got. And she's saying to me, I haven't done very well. Yeah. So uh, it can be that simple. And you can build on that. And and the the answer is you do... For a complete program, you do all of the things, but you don't forget about that one basic thing: is simply ask for the gift. Yeah, that's it's very true, and you know that's a really wonderful kind of insight into the individual working the file, if I can call it that. Yeah. Because oftentimes we think it's very elaborate, and it can be simply reaching out to individuals that are closest to you and exploring those relationships. Talk a little bit about the other, some of the other challenges we have. One of them, of course, is organizations think we're not big enough to have a plan giving mm-hmm. program. I remember our old friend Ed Pierce talking about the fact that if you have a hundred regular donors, ten of them are good plan giving prospects. Mm-hmm. So I know that you've worked with organizations that are huge with global reach in terms of their donor base. But you've also worked with smaller groups as well. And, you know, what's unique in terms of those smaller groups, but what objections or what, what impediments or barriers do you, have you seen and how do you get over those when people think we're too small to be doing plan giving? Yeah. I, part of it is just to, to take, a, you, you take a step back and you look at, I always like to look at the number of relationships that an organization has. And this is always surprising. Say you had a hundred, which is like a tiny little organization. Just and that's volunteers, it's uh, volunteer leaders, it's donors, it's sometimes people who are members if there's membership, uh, or sometimes it's people that receive uh, the service, whatever the organization's providing. And you just take a look at relationships. Uh, the, the statistic that always boggles my mind Ed is what what if you take any group and you research that group and find out what percentage of that group is open to making an estate gift and it's always every measurement ever done around the world is in that 30 to 40 percent range so even if you have a hundred people and no every organization who has been around for more than a year and a half that's 100 people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> or they wouldn't be around. Yes. So, okay. So there's 30 to 40 plan giving potential donors there. So it, it, and 
it's the quality then of how you go about doing it. Yeah. It's it's not the numbers, the overarching numbers, because to an organization that size, we're talking millions of dollars. Exactly. Which would sustain them for years. Exactly. So in a relative sense, everyone has the potential. It, yeah. You don't have to be big. And in a way, you have an advantage if you're quite small because you know these people. Yeah, you absolutely. actually know them. Absolutely. You can have those relationships that may already be in place. And so we've talked a little bit about the skill set and the person. Yeah. We can get over those quite easily. We can t- talk about the size and the, the that we can get over that quite easily. You but can. let's... Let's talk about the uh, one of the other major impediments that smaller organizations have, which is uh, an understanding and a commitment and an investment toward plan giving from the organization itself. So what happens when you're a development officer or a fundraiser within an organization? You want to raise money. It's a smaller organization, but the management, whether it's the board or the CEO or the EED or whoever it is, says we're too small for that. What do we say to them yeah. to kind of get over that barrier? Because oftentimes that is really the barrier that we've got. Fundraisers, we yeah. can talk to people. We've got donors. We can talk to them. Now we need to convince that decision-making group to allow us Yeah, to. the reality is we have actually a few barriers, and we've named a few. One is how do you ask for a gift? That's a big barrier. We'll put that aside. We talked about that with that story I told uh, the other one is is just, I, I think it's a barrier to think that you can actually be in the business, even if you're small. We talked about that. You just named another key barrier, and I think they're all barriers. And that is, how do you get buy-in from the organization? I think there's an educational process that has to happen. Uh, and uh, I've, I've presented, as I know you have, to many boards, and they don't know anything about plant giving. And a lot of senior management don't know in, in our nonprofit exactly. sector. So I think there's a whole educational process, uh, really, and it's to, to show that, that this market is, is readily accessible. Uh, we all in the business all talk about the, the kind of high rate of return. And the ROI on, on plant giving is certainly... Uh, amongst the best of any fundraising methodology. Uh, You have to, in other words, I'm saying there's a tremendously uh, uh, persuasive business case always for plant giving. We have to start talking about that business case more. And I think we we have to provide the resources to senior management and that to, to speak to boards. I think uh, educational programs, uh, the because I'm in plan giving and, and uh, not totally, but uh, a large part of my career, I'm always positive on plan giving. And um, but I think we have to keep educating. And I think you know, I think I see movement in this that more and more boards are starting to, to ask about why aren't we in plan giving? Can we do more? And we have to have the answers for those and responses to that. So it's an educational process and and presenting that solid business case. For more information about the PG Growth Plan Giving Podcast, you can go to our website at www.pggrowth.com. 
You can also find us on iTunes and also Google Play. We're always grateful when you take the time to listen. If you want to send me an email, ask any questions, get some more information or comment about this podcast, you can reach me at ed at pggrowth.com. Until next time, thanks again for listening.